Denver Ad School is filled with passionate creatives from all different backgrounds. In this episode, I sat down with art director, Trisha Canope. Trisha and I have a relaxed chat about her interest in fine arts, which was nurtured as she grew up in Portland, Oregon, the importance of celebrating authenticity in all of its weirdness, and the ambiguity that exists between college and the real world. My name is Jeff Ollery, and this is Journey to Add. You have a new puppy. I do. She's an adult dog. She just looks like a puppy. Okay. She has a baby face. Mm. Well, that's, that'll be good for years down the line. I know. <laughs> What's her name? Windsor. I love her. I feel like, at first at least, it was very hard to focus. I was like, damn, how can I focus when you're this cute all the time? She's pretty great. I gave her a haircut the other day. I, like, cut her full hair. It took, like, two hours. And now she's a lot softer because the hair underneath is a lot softer. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but she's sometimes a little cold, so I have to put... I need to get her a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be one of those dog owners who's, like, fucking ridiculous. Like, like their dog is, like, having a dog is, like, their whole personality. And they put sweaters on their dog. But also I'm kind of just embracing it. Maybe I'll just be that person. Yeah, I got her a liquid death shirt. It's actually, so it's one of those baby onesies from the Baby Namer campaign. Have you seen that? No. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's like this guy narrating it in this voice that's like, I can't I can't really do it, but it's like, studies show that like the, the name you the give to baby. tobacco voice or whatever. It's like, it's like more intense than that. Okay. Like, it literally sounds like that. And it's like the name that you give your baby, blah, 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 impacts their whole life. So like, give them a name like... Someone like murder hornet or, or something like murder hornet, like all these things. And so I thought it was really funny. And they had these babies wearing these onesies that said liquid death on them. And I was like, oh my God, I have to get one of those for my dog. That takes a, a boy named Sue to a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's why I love Johnny Cash. So good. He's great. It's kind of the opposite though, because the name says don't mess with me, whereas his name kind of says. Like, Sue says, mess with me. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But I also did make her middle name Gaylord. It's not on her oh. name tag. Yeah. Basically, someone told me once a while... This was a while back. Someone told me that I guess there was some guy who was suing his parents for naming him Gaylord because for, like, emotional damages. And I was like, huh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I know, I know. And so I thought it was so funny. And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to name my kid Gaylord. And then I was like, no, maybe not. I'll name my dog Gaylord. And then I got a dog, and I was like, mm, maybe not. So her middle name is Gaylord. Okay. Windsor Gaylord Canope. Canope. Yeah. Okay. But then I found out that I guess that was kind of just, like, an Onion article thing. It wasn't a real news story that when I looked it up. But it's still funny. Are real news stories real news stories, though? Yeah, sure. So, Trisha Canope. I didn't realize that the K was pronounced. Nobody does. Where are you from? Portland, Oregon. What's it like growing up in Portland, Oregon? Um. I've never been. Yeah. I'm not familiar with Oregon. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have much to compare it to. But I think that it definitely gives you a love for just greenery and nature just being able to like walk outside and like have trees and stuff like 
I think we spent a decent amount of time outside and school curriculums include a lot of plant related like plant biology earth science type of stuff like we had we had a program where we'd go like a week in the forest and like overnight camp and I actually ended up working at that kind of it's called outdoor school I ended up working on it later on where you kind of just learn about earth science and live in the forest for like a week in cabins yeah I think it's just always kind of been a part of my life so then growing up what sorts of hobbies did you have what things were you interested in I did a lot of just like drawing and painting art type stuff I learned skateboarding when I was in seventh grade and I like did it a little bit and then I dropped it for a while and then I picked it up later on I loved soccer yeah yeah when did kind of the the drawing and the the art stuff start? Oh, like a long time ago. Like when I was a child. Yeah. It was something I always was interested in. Were your parents or family artsy at all or No, not not really. My dad could draw things, but not like I mean, I think it was like when I was a little kid I thought he was good at drawing and then I got older and was like, eh, okay. <laughs> You know, when you're like four or five, you're like, how do you make that line that straight? He's just like a perfectionist. Yeah, nobody in my family was that artsy, but somehow... Somehow you got that gene. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) I don't know. I think my uncle was. Do you have any idea kind of how that started then, that you got into art and drawing? Or is it just, it's always been there? I mean, I think it was just one of those things, like, that I was drawn to from the start. Like, you know, I think every... Every kid in, like, preschool or whatever, you'll, like, they'll give you a pencil and paper and be like, yo, occupy yourself, like, do something, you know? And I think I just was really drawn to it. Like, I remember being, like, I had a friend who was always like, come, hang out, like, play with me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I'm drawing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was just, I think I was just more interested in it than other kids, for sure. Okay. And so that's... It just was always, I've always, like, loved visuals, I don't know. So did you always kind of know that you wanted to do stuff with visuals, or did you think it was just a hobby? I think I more or less always kind of knew. As you were growing up and, like, going to school, did you, I guess, were you looking for then, like, art programs kind of when you were kind of, like, growing up, or, like, were you taking a lot of art classes, or was it kind of... How how did that develop further? Yeah, I mean, I definitely was always... I went to an arts middle school, actually. Hmm. And we had some extra... Like, all of our electives were art classes, which was cool. Yeah, that was a really special place. We kind of... It just, like, fostered creativity and, like, weirdness in kids in a fun way. Yeah? What sorts of things did you do? There was this big kind of, like, drama and dance department as well. And I think they, like, they would have productions or talent shows and stuff. And I think when, when it seemed like people were being authentically their, like, weird selves and also talented, like, people would always just, like, really go crazy and cheer them. Like, just, like, the crowd would always go wild. And people were just into this, like, weirdness. Not weirdness. Just kind of, like, like people were celebrating everyone's... Kind of unique features. Celebrating differences, yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely part of it. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. 
Is there anything else kind of with that experience of like that arts middle school that like stuck with you especially or that was you thought was kind of formational for you? I I didn't even know like an arts middle school was a thing. Yeah, not necessarily. The school celebrated weirdness and like or just like being your authentic self, but I think I was also just too much like a nervous, insecure middle schooler to like be as like weird or as myself as I could have been. Just because middle school is such a weird time, you know? It is. It is, yeah. <laughs> Does anyone remember middle school fondly? Honestly. <laughs> there was this girl I knew who, in her high school yearbook quote, she was like, I really loved middle school. I'm not lying. And, like, I mean, I think it's that unique of a thing to really love middle school. But it's just surprising. It wasn't, she didn't go to Da Vinci, the school that I went to. I think she went to, like, Sunny's, like, an environmental school. Okay. But, yeah. Did you like high school? Because I know a lot of people that don't like high school either. I don't think I really liked high school. Really? Oh, I loved high school. Really? I did, yeah. Why? So I actually went to an all-guy private high school. Uh Uh-huh. And it was just such a cool community of people and everyone that was there just seemed to be really interested in learning and like getting the most out of Hmm. their like education that's cool and so as a result the kind of stereotype is that people that went to my high school are arrogant because Mm. they went to that high school and so therefore you know they're, they think they're the best. They think they're yeah. the shit. They, like, actually worked hard in high school. Yeah. Um, which is somewhat true. The stereotype yeah. is somewhat true. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I loved it. I, I had a good time. I'm still really good friends with the people that I hung out in high school with. Aw. How many students were in your high school? It was, like, a little over a 1,000. Hmm. There were, I think, 270 in my graduating class. Yeah, that's like a good number. I would have expected less, actually, because I feel like you, I don't know, like in order to foster a community that is really intentional about learning, you think that it would need to be a little bit smaller Mm -hmm. because there's always going to be just those kids who don't really give a shit that kind of sway the rest of them. Yeah. There were definitely some people like that, but I think, like, even when it came to it, like, they knew that they were there because it was, like, a good, like, academic institution. Mm-hmm. Like, Did people have to apply to get in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. No, St. Louis is kind of interesting because there are a bunch of those kind of, like, private, a lot of them are Catholic institutions. Mm-hmm. And so I got like a, a taste of like applying for college by applying for high school. Yeah, that's it's interesting. Kinda, it's kind of different. <laughs> different than applying for college or different well, that you got that? Different that I got that, I think, more so than yeah. like a lot of other people. You like look back at the shit that you've done and you're like, you just think about it and reflect on it because you're using it in order to get to the next place. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was kind of one of the things that we talked about a bunch, like, in classes was, like, 
living kind of in the moment and living like kind of an examined life. So like you're kind of like thinking about things as you move along. Did you guys have journals? There were some times that we had journals. Um, for the most part, no. But so my senior year, we took, a, the seniors took a month off of school uh-huh. and they did um, senior projects during the month of January. And so we were out full-time volunteering at kind of sites around St. Louis. Huh. And so we were supposed to journal every night during our experience with that. That's cool. And um, so did you pick where you volunteered or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had a, a, like a huge list of sites you could go to. And so you could kind of figure out like if you're interested in working with the homeless or if you're want to work with kids or with the mm-hmm. elderly or people with disabilities or, and then also like based like geographically kind of where you wanted to go. Yeah. You kind of got some leeway with that. So I worked for an organization called St. Louis Arc mm-hmm. where I worked with adults who had developmental disabilities and mm. I was there for a month and I honestly loved it. Like I thought it was so cool just kind of like kind mm. of hanging around them and working with them and it's not really something I was super exposed to before and so then I actually went back that summer before I went to college and volunteered some more in my free time because I wasn't working or anything. Aww. That's so that's such a cool program for your high school to have that. Mm-hmm. Wow, just give you that much freedom and, like, ex- just experiencing the world rather than just being a fucking kid in high school. Yeah. Like, I feel like... Because I feel... It's like high school... Your world is so small when you're that age. Mm-hmm. And just, like, enlarging your world even by a little bit is really important. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's it's piercing that bubble, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> kind of seeing the real world and just like yeah experiencing things outside of yourself and your bubble I feel like most people should take a gap or like some kind of a year between high school and college for that reason yeah because I think it's I don't know like I think at least for me I think in part I probably wasn't really mature enough to start college when I did but also because I was pretty young for my grade also I just feel like when you're 18 it's like you're expected to <laughs> You're expected to, like, know what you want to do with the rest of your life when you're just, like, this little baby who's, like, barely experienced anything, you know, like, never lived away from their parents. It's kind of silly. I completely agree. I think it's ridiculous that once you're in high school, you be like, all right. Figure out what you're doing. Yeah, so it's like, do you know what you're going to do? Because, like, there are some programs out there where you start day one like you start pre-med track or you start like pre-law track and I'm just like I I do know people that like as soon as they got to college they knew they wanted to be a doctor yeah but I feel like that's you know like that's great Mm mm-hmm but I feel like for the majority of people that's not true yeah exactly it's yeah it's hard I mean it's like stuff like pre-med it makes sense because that program takes like 12 years or something yeah but I don't know, like, I think there's so many jobs that you might not even know about or, like, I don't think I thought of advertising as a viable option or even really anything I considered. Like, I think I, I think I was like, I want to do graphic design, but I didn't see that as advertising, Okay. If that makes sense. So did you go to college thinking I'm going to be a graphic designer? In part. 
or like photographer. I did photo for a while. I, yeah, I got really into photo in high school. They had like a dark room, which oh, I was, I loved the dark room. I would always like kind of skip. Sometimes I would just skip through the rest of my classes and like stay in the dark room all day. The teacher like of the dark room class, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think she cared or she just like didn't, I don't know if it like diminutive is the right word, but she just like wouldn't always say things and I don't know if it was like chill or if she was just kind of like afraid to ruffle feathers I guess she just kind of passive passive I guess she was like passive until a point she was passive until people walked all over her and then she would get really upset hmm. and so it's like yeah well because you're being pa- like you can't be a passive high school teacher like <laughs> high schoolers are assholes they're gonna walk all over you like come on I don't know. And so I think it was just because I was, I think it was like because I was passionate about it. She was kind of like, eh, whatever. She didn't want to take that away from you. Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. Okay. But my mom didn't feel the same way. She would like get, because the high school would always call your parents to be like, (laughs) your student has missed this class and this class. And then my mom would be really mad. Mm. So, you know. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So either like photography or graphic design, that was kind of where your head was at when you were going to college? Yeah. Is that what you ended up doing in college? Photo for a little bit. I think also I was like, I think I also maybe thought I would be able to like just be an artist, which is like, it's not something that you can make money off of or like live off of. Yeah. You know, like it is for some people, but it takes a fucking hell of a lot of self-promotion and I really hate self-promotion. So you were kind of pursuing art for, I don't want to say for art's sake, but... A little bit, yeah. A little bit? Okay. A little bit, yeah. I think I was just like, this is what I'm interested in. So this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I think people, like, my dad was like, you're not going to make money off of that. Like, wait, how are you going to live? Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, well, <laughs> I'll make it work, dad. <laughs> and like, you know... But, you know, didn't, didn't exactly materialize, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So as you're kind of progressing through, I I don't want to say art school, but like, I guess it's kind of your, your program. You ended up with a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts, right? Yeah. Okay. And was it fine art or digital graphic design kind of? I don't know. I mean, the program was called, like, digital, or, like, art and tech. So it was kind of, like, digital art with a little bit of, like, coding involved as well. It was kind of just, like, a mesh of things. It didn't really materialize into something that was, like, really made me super hireable, Mm -hmm. which was kind of difficult. I was talking to my brother and his wife recently, who, they're, like, professors, and I was saying... I don't remember how it came up. I think we were just talking about, like, college and job stuff and whatnot. And they were like, dude, like, LOL, you thought that you could, like, get a good job in your field right out of undergrad? Like, LOL, that's hilarious. And I guess it made me, like, I think a lot of people think that. Like, I think that they sell it to you like that. That colleges sell it to you like that? Yeah. Yeah. They thought it was, like, they were, like, oh, that's cute, like, you know. And I guess I just, I really thought I could have. 
And so I think we were talking about how I, like, was starting ad school and, like, just in a weird spot of, like, not really being very hireable. And before, you know, before starting here, it's kind of, what is it, like, the um, McLuhan, Marshall McLuhan, the, like, guy, he's, like, a philosopher on media. Okay. He has this idea, I forget what it's called, but it's basically that it's like the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. The more you know, the more you become aware of what you don't know. I think it was like, in some ways I knew so little that I really didn't understand what I didn't know. Mm, okay. And I think I was going into like applications or interviews for like design or advert at like designer ad agencies, not really understanding that there was so much that I didn't know. You know, like, coming here and learning all this stuff here, like, I really began to understand how much I didn't know previously and how really unhirable I was. So when you were in school, was there anyone kind of offering you direction in terms of, like, these are career paths you could take or, like, this? these are jobs you should be applying for or was that very much up to you to figure out? I think it was kind of up to us. Like, I think they were like, these are things that you could do. The journal, like the, ad, there was an advertising program, but it was in the journalism school. And I was in like the art and digital art school. Hmm. And so like, I wanted to take some classes in the journalism or in the advertising school, but you would have to take all these like intro to journalism classes. And that just wasn't what I was interested in. I was also a transfer, so I was like, I don't really want to add more shit to make it, like, take me longer to graduate. And so I didn't do those, and... Yeah, it was a weird setup, how they were separated. Because I don't think that the journalism school really wanted the advertising department anyway. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, journalism is so much, like, straight facts, whereas advertising is a little... It's, like, way more emotional. Yeah. Yeah. It's creative. It's not just, like, based on... Yeah. ...what you see in front of you. Yeah, and so it's like they really just should have moved it to the art school. Trisha tells a very relatable story. The path for creatives at a traditional university is rarely clear, and advertising doesn't come up as a viable option. Like her, I also wish advertising was presented as a legitimate option in undergrad. Let's take a quick ad break, and then we will be back for more with Trisha Canope. This episode is sponsored by your local dollar store, and they have a special message for all you listeners. Due to decreased marginal returns caused by the pandemic, your local dollar store is closing, but will reopen next week as the $2 store. To celebrate the reopening, they will be offering all-day doorbusters with 50% off all items purchased for the entire week. The $2 store is also pleased to announce some of its upcoming sales. On Tuesdays, if your name begins with the letters A through L or M through Z, then you get 50% off all items. On Fridays, there's a special fire sale that occurs only 52 times a year, where anything that lights on fire or can help put out a fire will be half off. And Saturdays will offer the lowest prices of the season, where you can redeem our personalized coupon for a dollar off every item sold in store. Hurry in to take advantage of this limited time offer at the $2 store and be on lookout for more exciting sales on Arbor Day, 
Flag Day, Your Birthday, National Talk Like a Pirate Day, and more. We're back with Trisha, where she shares how a random LinkedIn message led her to advertising, how she feels doing art compares with doing advertising, and the importance of representation of all people in advertising and culture. So how then did you think about advertising? Was it just kind of from those classes that you saw that you thought that might be interesting to go down? Like... When did it kind of enter the picture? So it's kind of a funny story how I, I mean, I don't think, I think even when I started at Denver at school, I don't think I was like, I'm going to do advertising. And I think (laughs) even then I was still, because I was like, I just want to do graphic design. And I was very hesitant towards advertising because just the idea of like selling things that I don't believe in Mm. really kind of like doesn't sit super well with me. It's not as much something I think about anymore. I also felt like people would have... I was worried that people would judge me for advertising because it's... I don't know. Like, I I guess I just have a lot of people I know who are, like, very anti-capitalist. Hmm. And I'm not, like, super pro-capitalism. Like, but it is, like, the system that is in place. Yeah. So you weren't sure about advertising. I wasn't sure about advertising. What... What made you come to an ad school then? Basically, I was just really, like the year before this, I was really kind of struggling, like just trying to find a job in my field. Like I was working as a waitress and like hating it. And it just felt like demeaning all the time as a job. Food service kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was, you know, just like messing around on LinkedIn one day and I think I got like a message from this guy who was like the head of an agency called Nemo Design in Portland and it was like I don't remember what it was but it was like some kind of like too good to be true seeming job offer type thing of like we want to interview you or something and it was like I don't know like it was clearly like raising some red flags I was like what is this but I still was like interested like I was like okay let me check this out and so I looked at I just like I looked at the website I kind of looked and saw what it was and it was a real place and I I looked at the people who are working there and it showed there was this girl Mariah who I went to like I was like, is that Mariah Archer? Like, she was in my third grade class, and I don't think I had, like, talked to her since then. I was like, what? She worked there as, I don't know, like, a junior designer or something. So I I was like, that's interesting. And I went to, I think I, like, looked up her website or something, and it wasn't a website, but it was just, like, a, it just had a CV. I think she was in the process of updating it. And... I saw on the CV, it was something called, like, Chicago Portfolio School, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. What is that? Like, a portfolio school? I had never heard of a portfolio school. I did not have any idea what it was, what the purpose of it. I just didn't know they existed. So I I saw, so I think, we were, like, friends on Facebook, I think from back in the, you know, the phase in, like, late middle school, early high school, when people first get Facebooks and everyone just adds every single person they know? Yes. Like, I think it's, like, that's when we were friends from on Facebook, <laughs> like. <laughs> okay. Oh, I know that person, so mm-hmm. I'm going to friend them. Yeah. Like, we literally had not 
talked since like third grade. So I saw that we were still like friends on Facebook and I mess I sent her a message and I was like, Hey, I see this thing, Chicago portfolio school on your like I told her the whole story about how this whatever is this scam. So it turned out the LinkedIn message turned out it was like totally a scam. And she told me that she was like, Yeah, the guy feels really bad, his LinkedIn got hacked. They're having like a pizza party to like for everybody who like it messaged because they felt really bad. <laughs> I know. It was a whole thing. I wasn't able to go to the pizza party because I was working that night, but I was oh, like, no. I know. <laughs> I wanted to thank the guy. So she told me about Chicago Portfolio School, kind of like what it was, what a portfolio school was. And I was like, this is really interesting. This sounds like something that would help me that I would benefit from. And so I think we like met up and had lunch and she kind of just talked about it with me and whatnot. And she said, because I was like, okay, I don't really want to go to Chicago. So I was like, what, like, are there other programs, other places? And she was like, yeah, there's, like, Miami Ad School, and they have one in San Francisco, something, something. And then she also said that she thought that some of the people from Chicago Portfolio School were starting a new school in Denver. And I was like, what? Like, I would love to live in Colorado, like... My brother, my brother lives here, and his he has, like, six-year-old kiddos now, and I would love to live near them, you know? And uh, I've been to Denver once. I have a friend who lived... She used to live here, but she moved back to Oregon now. Like, I really... I knew that I would like Denver, and so I was like, hell yeah, like, let's check it out. And so, basically, I, like, after... Like, within a month of learning about it I like applied and got in and then started coming here like I think I only learned what a portfolio school was like a month before coming here which is kind of wild jeez that's crazy I know I was just in such like a rough place that I was just like nothing it just felt like nothing was working out that I was just like I really need I really need a change and I really need to figure something out and so this was just kind of like a lifeline, just kind of like bit, reach yeah. out for it and take a chance on it? Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I was definitely in a spot where I was like, why the fuck not? You know, like, let's take a chance on something. And here I am. So what were kind of your first impressions, like being in an ad school then? Because so you're part of the pioneer class. Mm-hmm. So there weren't other students to kind of talk to apart from the ones in your class like you couldn't see like people like that were like completing the program yeah um I think that made me kind of nervous I definitely like before starting I asked Heather like maybe a million questions over the phone of like just so many things and I think like like my my parents weren't worried about it but my sister was like she was like this doesn't sound serious like it's not accredited blah 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 like I don't know. She said something. I don't remember what, but she was like, I think she was like, it's like Trump, you know, like Trump, you know, <laughs> I know. No, I think it was just because it wasn't accredited. And she was like, Trisha, you gotta like, you gotta be careful. Like you can't just like start somewhere and give them your money and like blah, blah, blah. So I was like kind of nervous, but then I was like just asking Jesse and Heather a lot of questions and I was like, they seem fine. Like they seem like they have like genuine people who care about people and are not just like trying to steal our money Mm -hmm. and so I was like whatever Lizzie it's fine (laughs) and so then I did it I came here (laughs) yep so does the the kind of thinking and work 
that you do here and just do in, in advertising feel very different from what you had experienced before with kind of the art you've created? I think somewhat, but somewhat not. Like, there's definitely still the conceptual thinking. I kind of like that it always has... It always has kind of a specific problem to solve with briefs, which is nice. I think that I kind of thrive on, like, parameters. Because mm-hmm. I think when... I think sometimes what was hard for me with art is that it was so open-ended. The open-endedness was kind of like the fear of a blank canvas. Like, it's not... It's like, what do you do? You know? Mm-hmm. I think also because with art, it's like when you're making art as like an artist like people want you to kind of continue making similar things for like a while so that your work can be like recognized in multiple places or something like having this kind of consistent body of work and the nice thing about advert like that was always hard for me just because I feel like I love I just love trying new things all the time like I it's hard for me to just do one thing consistently for a long time. Like, it feels boring. And so what's nice about advertising is that you can kind of do different things and work on different brands or whatever. It doesn't feel like settling on one thing, I guess. Yeah, you get that variety. Yeah, and I think that's really exciting. Like, it allows you to learn about learn about all these different things when you're researching stuff. Like... It just allows you to kind of go all over. You kind of talking about that blank canvas and how intimidating that can be with art kind of raised another question for me because I know I looked a little bit at your art site. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and you have like a variety of things on there, which I thought was really cool. But I feel like... It's been a while since I've touched that, yeah. Okay. But I noticed, like, you you have that variety and you had some things that were abstract that you did. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the, on one hand, there's... It's tough to know how to start something. But then how, for you, do you tell when something's finished? I hate that question. I don't know. <laughs> Why do you hate that question? I don't know. I guess it's one of those things I feel like it always has the same answers, like when it feels finished or something. Yeah. I don't know. Is it just kind of a feeling you get where it's just like, that's that's enough? If Yeah, if it was like an abstract painting or something. Do you feel differently than when you're working on an ad? Or is it kind of the same way, just kind of when you feel like it's done? I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like nothing is ever finished, an ad or an art probably. It can always be better. It can always... It's more just... I think it's really more just, like, the deadline. It's, like... Yeah. It's, like, make it as really... Like, it really as good as you can make it in the time allotted before the deadline. Yeah, I definitely have a hard time, like, stopping. Like, I'm definitely a perfectionist. Like, I don't know. When we were talking earlier about my dog, Windsor, and I cut her hair, and... I'm just, like, there, I, so I cut it a few days ago, and she's afraid of, like, the buzzer clippers, the one that makes the, like, Sure. and so I can't use that with her, and so I have to do it all with scissors, and I cut the hair on her entire, that's why it took me, like, two hours, and on, on her entire body with scissors, and I was, like, 
trying to make it like really even and stuff. The people who saw it said it looked good, but I feel like there's so many places where I'm like, huh? like I look at it and I'm like, that one place, I just want to cut that one part. It's, uh, it's not even, I hate it. You know? <laughs> or there's just like a weird, like there's just this one hair that's like an inch longer than all the others. And like nobody else notices it, but because I'm the one who cut it, I cannot stop noticing it. And uh, honestly, she's like so tired of me trying to cut her. Like she's like, <laughs> like I feel like by the end of it, she was just like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Like uh, she was a good sport, but like after a certain point, she was like, stop. We're done here. So I, I, I had to call it quits after a certain amount of time, but... But that's a good metaphor for, uh... For finishing things, yeah. Yeah. There's always gonna be some glaring issues that you look at and you're like, oh, I fucking hate that. But it's like, at a certain point, you gotta just be done with it. Because probably, like, the majority of those issues, nobody actually else is gonna notice besides you. Mm. Or, like... It's not going to affect other people the same way. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's another kind of stereotype then that I think about that some people talk about with advertising that people that go into advertising are selling out. Like they're, yeah. they're artists that didn't choose to go down that route, whether they're like for me, it's like the idea of being like a screenwriter or a novelist. It sounds really cool. Yeah. But, but I also don't want to pursue that lifestyle. Yeah. So how do you how do you react to kind of that stereotype? Is it selling out? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think that I mean I definitely have gotten that kind of thing. Like I had a painting teacher in college who was like when I was like more interested in graphic design, he was like, dude, why? Like just do a like be a painter, like just keep painting. He definitely thought I was selling out, but I was like, yo, but, like, I want to be able to pay my bills. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah. People see art, I think people see art as very pure, but the thing is, really, like, in order to actually, like, make money with your art and, like, be able to support yourself, you have to do so much fucking self-promotion. And so it's, like, everyone's promoting something. You know, whether that's yourself and your own art or whether that's a brand. Personally, I feel a million times grosser about self-promotion than I do about brand promotion, depending on the brand. I guess, like, you know, there's, like, uh, there's a lot of brands I wouldn't ever want to work on, like, big, t like, tobacco or, like, gasoline, like, oil, big oil. Yeah. Stuff like that. And so... Hopefully, I'll have like somewhat of an of a choice on that. I think that's really interesting though, because I've never heard anyone necessarily articulate it that way. Mm -hmm. That as an artist, as a writer, as kind of whatever career that you would kind of take in that realm, you are being like very self promotional. Like it's very much like you need to do everything you can to kind of, I guess, push yourself above everyone else. In a sense, yeah, and I mean like. There's lots of artists who they're making art that really challenges social norms and like is really kind of pushing the culture forward. Mm -hmm. And so in a sense, 
like that's really selfless because you know like maybe it's self-promotion but it's for a bigger cause like social practice art or something Mm -hmm. but I think in general it's just like yeah it's just the like the amount of self-promotion was just like I didn't even do that much of it I'm just like I'm so icked out by it and so yeah well I think that's also an interesting point because like art could have this sort of like social commentary or kind of push things forward in some way culturally mm-hmm. but so much of our lives are dominated by brands mm-hmm. and what we see <clears throat> from brands that they also are probably having a greater impact on kind of the the cultural norms wouldn't you yeah, say absolutely i think yeah it's like in some ways like i think a brand is an awesome way to like push the culture forward it's harder like it's more difficult uh well it's like harder to make a brand push the culture or like decide to do something that would create an impact because they're all kind of like scared and whatnot Mm -hmm. but uh, like definitely a brand is so much bigger of a platform than and it's also like it's a big platform and it also has this existing clout like if you're making something for you know like coca-cola that's like really saying something it just because it's it's such a big brand and platform and it's a platform that already has this existing clout like everybody knows what coca-cola is and so it's a really just a powerful platform to be able to say something from and i think that's really that's the thing i think about a lot in advertising like just the importance of using this platform in like the right ways i think that sometimes it's it could be easy to forget like how much power you have when you're putting we're like creating culture basically and brands really do have so much power and i think a big thing to like remember when we're in this position is the importance of representation and just like representing everyone regardless of race ethnicity sexuality gender ability disability like all these things to just like making sure just like how fucking important it is to like make sure that every person is able to see themselves reflected in their culture in a positive manner is so important I think some of the reason why I think about it a lot is I think it is a big thing for me personally and it has had a big impact on me personally just like being a queer woman. I think it wasn't until I was like 16 or something that I saw it was like Skins or something where it was like that too. Do you remember that British TV show? Yeah. I, yeah. I watched like maybe an episode or two but I know yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. I think that was really like the first time I can remember that I saw like queer women that felt like someone who I could relate to I guess in the media and just the fact that I was 16 like that old it just feels kind of difficult I guess and I want people I want people who are younger than that to be able to like see themselves I mean I think I guess a big part of it for me is so I think a lot of what I thought was I hate the word lesbian but like lesbians were like 
just that they were like this kind of that you like in order to like be a lesbian you had to be this kind of like like butch masculine like they always were kind of like the way that I thought they were were like these like burly women who like dressed kind of like Steve Bannon basically like like polo shirts and cargo shorts you know sure they like didn't know how to dress themselves and like had these like ugly haircuts and just like I was like, it wasn't something that I was attracted to, nor was it something that I wanted to be. I think when that was the only thing that I thought that I could be if I was going to be gay, like, it just made it really scary to, like, be gay if if it just, like, wasn't something I wanted to be. Like, I don't think I really knew that there were, like, more feminine queer women I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't. I guess I don't seem necessarily now like I present that feminine, but also I think, like, in some way, like, I think I cut my hair shorter more for a means of, like, visibility than, like, because I want to have, like, a masculine look. It's kind of like having maybe not necessarily a role model, but at least someone that mm-hmm. you can look up to that kind of fits yeah. who you want to be. I think absolutely a role model because there was... So they were talking about... They had this podcast episode that I thought was really good. It was um, from The Woodshed with Alex Bogusky. And it was basically on representation in the media. And they said this quote of like, basically representation in media shows you what you can be. And I think that's really true. I think that people are, people are creative. Yes. But I think when it comes to, like, what you can, what you yourself, like, people are creative with thinking of ideas and thinking of crazy ideas. However, I think that when it comes to, like, thinking about what you can and can't be personally, you kind of need a role model. Because, like, social norms are so big that, like, social norms kind of show you what you can and can't be because people are innately kind of drawn to following social norms because it's just it's what's expected to of us and it's what makes us feel like we're fitting into a society by following social norms and so I think that when something when there's something that you are that like feels outside of the social norm or it's just something that you haven't seen an example of I think it makes it a lot harder to be that or realize that you can in fact be that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, I think I maybe was aware of, like, the existence of, like, some femme lesbians, but I think in my mind, it's, like, it always seems like they're kind of, like, in media, like, it always kind of seems like they're there for the male gaze. And so that kind mm-hmm. of all brings about this idea for you that in kind of the work that's out there and, like, for your work, you want to make sure that you're kind of representing of all people. Yeah. Yeah, just making sure everyone, like, is able to see kind of an example of what feels like their true or authentic self, or, like, a version of that, or a version of a role model reflected back at them, because if you don't have that, it makes it harder. It just makes it really hard to be your authentic self. I got to work with Trisha on a number of projects, so I can tell you that she is not only a talented designer, but she's also extremely thoughtful and a very respectful creative. She is always looking to be inclusive of all people and her ideas. We wrap up this episode with another edition of Ask the Host, where we discuss the origins of this podcast.
decide to do this podcast? I wanted to do a podcast for a while. Mm-hmm. Because I just... I listened to a lot of different podcasts and I mm-hmm. enjoyed that sort of storytelling and I thought it would be very interesting and like a fun challenge to do that. Yeah. I've I've written stuff, I've acted in stuff a little bit, mm-hmm. I've like created like videos with like friends before, but a podcast was something different. And so that just kind of in general interested me. Mm-hmm. And I think when I came to Denver ad school, it was kind of the first time that felt like, oh, like maybe there's someone else here that who would like also think it would be cool to do a podcast. Yeah. And so then it was kind of a matter of thinking like, all right, what's, what's my podcast going to be about? Like, what do I, what do, I do? Yeah. And I thought it was just kind of cool, like being in like the first couple classes of people at Denver ad school and then talking to some of the fellow students and hearing that they didn't know what advertising was. They didn't know what an ad school was. And so I thought it'd be kind of cool to kind of share their stories. And then maybe this is something that someone who's kind of following similar paths to the people that are here will listen to and be like, oh, advertising. Yeah. I I was interested in art as a kid or I always I was always reading books as a kid or always making films as a kid. So maybe this is something that I could do that is creative and kind of go down that path. So that was kind of maybe the larger kind of picture thing for like why I wanted to do this podcast specifically. Mm-hmm. I think also selfishly a little bit, I am kind of shy. I'm an introvert and I don't do well in large groups of people. Mm -hmm. And so I also viewed this as an opportunity to get to know my classmates better on kind of like a one-on-one basis, which I'm more comfortable with rather than like trying to experience like everyone like as a group. Um, Just because I feel like I can understand someone more and I appreciate that conversation that kind of happens in like a one-on-one situation. Yeah. So that kind of all formed into this kind of motivation to to make this podcast and nice. talk to people and yeah. I really like the idea of it hopefully being findable for people who don't know what ad school is because Yeah. It seems like there's a decent amount of those people who could really benefit from something like this but just have never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, it's, like, once once you hear what an ad school is, it's, like, oh, okay. But there's still kind of that maybe trepidation as far as, is that for me? Mm-hmm. Like, would I fit in there? Yeah. And Absolutely. I, I wasn't sure that I would fit in here, but I have no regrets. Like, there, I feel, feel like there's so many different personalities here, but yeah. I feel like everyone is very kind of like supportive and kind of like maybe like what you were talking about with your middle school experience in terms of kind mm-hmm. of like celebrating like everyone's uniqueness things. and the crazy. Yeah. 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 I believe it. Absolutely. Celebrating people's crazy weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's cool to do crazy weird shit. Yeah. 
like I, I remember I walked into like your guys's classroom and be like hey by the way I'm doing a podcast and like want to talk to all of you before like you're done with school and they're like yeah that's rad like totally yeah and I was just like well that's cool where I worked before everyone just be like oh that's weird yeah I think it's definitely a culture here that fosters like working hard like we always kind of at the beginning of the first quarter we all had this like we're talking and we were all just like yeah we really feel like we're all just trying to keep up with each other in so many ways because everyone like everyone just is so talented and we're all just like oh my god like they did that in their book like that's so cool like I want to do something cool too like that yeah I think like just seeing everybody else work really hard and care a lot around you definitely puts you in a good headspace for doing the same and I think that's also a huge thing that makes it feel different from college like I think a lot of times just going to like a really big school where everyone's kind of there's just a lot of different people and I think that oftentimes there would be people like maybe who are just like minoring in art because they were like oh it's a minor but like they didn't actually give that many fucks about it like yeah I think it just makes such a difference to be around people who also really give a shit. Like, this is very much a program where the people that are here want to be here. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a handful of people in every class. Yeah. So there's nowhere to hide. There's no oh, lecture yeah. hall. Yeah. And with that, too, like, everyone's, like, kind of giving each other that probably good pressure that's Mm -hmm. like motivation to like definitely do good work and succeed together yeah yeah it's like we really do like all care about each other's success and like yeah just like want to help make everything better Mm -hmm. and like push ourselves and push each other well thank you so much for doing this thank you jeff and that's going to do it for another episode. Trisha Canope will finish at Denver Ad School after the fall 2020 quarter. I'm Jeff Olery. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Ad.